Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. Day 24 brings us to Genesis chapter 16. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and I am so glad you're with us for this journey through God's Word as we look at it day by day, chapter by chapter. We come to Genesis chapter 16 today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word and the privilege it is to be able to walk through your word day by day. It's such a joy to know you and to have you speak to us through your word. It's a privilege that we should not take for granted. We know that uh, many, many men over the years had to suffer and labor hard for us to have the word of God in our own language, and your providence has preserved it for us. And so we thank you for it. Speak to us today through your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 16. This is in the ESV, the English Standard Version, and I'm reading from ESV.org. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant. And you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly, I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Beer Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Mm -hmm. Well, we had such a wonderful chapter yesterday with Abram believing God and God crediting him to, as righteousness, God graciously showing the covenant, 
in the severed animal parts and the blood that God took as an oath upon himself to keep his promises. And God's grace and Abram's faith are followed here by sin and consequences of sin. Abram stops trusting God, stops listening to God, listens to the doubts of his wife instead. He is 85 years old, after all. It has been 10 years since God made the promise to him. Sarai is now 75 years old. What kind of 75-year-old woman is going to be able to have children? That's just not realistic. It's not practical. It's not reasonable. And so they do the practical and the reasonable thing. And Sarai says, here, here's Hagar, the Egyptian, my servant. You go into her. Now, this was a common cultural practice of the time. It's one of the ways we know that this is an authentically ancient book and that it's telling us about the right time period. It's an outside verification we have of the Bible is that this was a common cultural practice for this time period, and this time period being the 1900s BC, so almost 2,000 years before Christ. Later, in the 1400s BC, when we're in a different age, when the uh, Exodus happens, or even later in the Babylonian age, this practice wasn't continued, but it was a practice that was common culturally in the time of Abraham and Sarah. And so they did what was reasonable, practical, and culturally acceptable. One problem, it wasn't done in faith, trusting the promises of God. When we act, we need to be asking ourselves, are we thinking only on a human perspective? Remember two days ago, we were in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus was pressing us to think about what we're seeking and who we're serving and what our goals are. Here, this gives us a very practical story of the father of the faithful, right? Abraham. He didn't have faith in this moment. He wasn't thinking as a man who was trusting the promises of God and waiting upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord is one of the hardest things to do. We want to force God's hand. We want to make things happen. We want to get what we want, and we want it now. God says, trust me. God says, I've made you promises. I will keep them in my due time. Well, so they sin, and there are consequences. There's immediately conflict between Hagar and Sarai. Hagar is now pregnant. She knows she's going to bear Abram a son. She believes, it, now in the cultural context in which this was practiced, the, the mistress who's given to the man becomes another wife. And if you give a male heir to your husband, that often elevates you to be the number one wife, the top-ranked wife within the harem. So Hagar's thinking like that. She's thinking like an Egyptian. She's thinking like someone who's familiar with the cultural practice. And she's thinking, oh, if I give him a son, I will be the number one wife. And Sarai kind of sees that look in her eye and says, oh, no, you are not taking my place. And so she comes to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. And Abram gives into his wife sinfully again. Rather than settling the issue with justice uh, as the head of the household, he says to Sarai, do whatever you want to with her. And so Sarah treats her harshly, probably involved beating her or making her work really hard. 
certainly not a way that you would treat a pregnant woman who's pregnant with what's supposed to be your child um, and your husband's child. And so Hagar flees and she's fleeing and she comes to a spring of water where she's getting some relief and God shows up and God is gracious to everyone involved. He's gracious to Abraham and Sarai. He says, return to your mistress and submit to her. But he's also gracious to Hagar. He says, I see you. I understand your affliction. I'm listening to you. Now, he does give a warning that is sobering. This son will be called Ishmael, and he's going to be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone. And the Ishmaelites end up having conflict with everyone. Um, And so this will end up having catastrophic consequences for generations to come, even down to the present age, the conflict between the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac uh, continues. So when we act in unbelief, we act out of pragmatism, prudence, and we act according to cultural norms rather than biblical standards, there are consequences, and those consequences we need to be aware of. You know who never acted according to cultural standards? but who always trusted the Lord, of course, it was Jesus, right? And Jesus wasn't afraid to violate cultural norms. He talked to a Samaritan woman at the well. He called a tax collector to follow him. Jesus wasn't controlled by social norms. He was controlled by the love of God, by the word of his Father, by the purposes and plans of God. May we be so controlled like our Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for such a Savior as Jesus. Help us to imitate our Savior in the way we live. By your Holy Spirit, give us your promises, and may they be so precious to our hearts that we follow after them always. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you're enjoying this time each day of walking with Jesus through the Word, one chapter at a time. It's It's been a great Uh, adventure so far. We're only 24 days in to what's going to be a three-year journey through the entire Bible. We're still early in Genesis and Matthew, and we're going to be going through the whole of Scripture. If you have any questions or comments or feedback, I would welcome them. Um, I plan on doing a question and answer video um, when I get questions. So email foresthillpca at gmail.com. That's foresthillpca at gmail.com. And send me your questions comments, feedback. Uh, I'd love to hear them, and I hope that God continues to bless you through this ministry from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm